Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hockey Jersey Addicts, the podcast and support group for the addicted hockey jersey fan to talk twill, wool, acrylic, and polyester. Join us as we share what we've learned and uncovered about the game of hockey through collecting, restoring, customizing, and selling hockey jerseys. Around here, no jersey is too small or too big, too new or game-worn, too loud or too proud. We see everyone as equal and explore a diverse range of topics ongoing in the hockey community. We'll also dive into the vault with hockey history, trivia, and reminisce as much as possible about the grails we've got, the thrift store finds, and the watchlist wants. So put on some polyester, give us a listen, and if you like what you hear and want more, make sure to subscribe and follow us on your podcast station and social media of choice at Hockey Jersey Addicts. And remember, you miss 100% of the jerseys you don't collect. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hockey Jersey Addicts. It's your host, Dan, a.k.a. Van Can Fan 75 And today I am joined by Nicole Guagliardo. And Nicole is a professional hockey player in the NWHL for the Connecticut Whale whose season has been put on hold, uh, but is getting back underway here shortly in time to finish their season and chase the Isabel Cup. And the Connecticut Whale are in the semifinals. So I'm sure Nicole's itching to get back on the ice and is pretty excited. And uh, we're on the show with her today to just talk about women's hockey, getting it back uh, onto the stage because these games are going to be broadcast on NBCSN um, near the end of March. And we just wanted to talk about women's hockey, talk to Nicole about what it's like to be a hockey player in the semi-new NWHL. It's only a couple of years old. So Nicole, thanks so much for being on the show today. Why don't you say hi to all of our listeners out there? Hello. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I mean, thanks for making time. I know you guys have kind of been on pause for a bit. So what have you been doing with your life trying to stay fit and active uh, before you hit the ice March 26? Um, Well, thankfully, we got some practices going. As soon as we found out our season was going to continue, we were able to get ice again and get back into the gym. So I've been doing that for the past couple of weeks now. So I'm finally starting to get back into shape. Um, because for that month there, we were off for, we, I mean, we didn't know that they were going to continue our season. So, um, like I had a trip planned to Florida with my friends. And so <laughs> I just got back from Florida. I was just not in shape to be playing hockey anytime <laughs> soon. So I'm glad we had a month to get back in shape. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a grind, but it's been, it's been good. Yeah. And I mean, what's it like going through, um, you know, signing with the whale, in in the summer and getting ready and excited to you know make your pro debut and you play two games and then it stops like it must be a roller coaster take us through that oh it's definitely been a roller coaster for sure and it's it's unfortunate that covid's had to like shut down and ruin like two of my seasons now because it happened last year Mm. my senior year we were on the road to a final eight and playoffs and it got shut down so um, it's unfortunate that COVID's, I would have never thought it would still be a thing <laughs> come now, but here it is. It's still, still a thing, but 
Um, it, it's definitely been a roller coaster. This whole year has just been different. Like uh, going into it, I was obviously just, like super excited in the summer, like trained really hard for this and thought for sure we were going to have a normal season. And I thought COVID would be gone by now. And of course that didn't happen. And so um, when I found out our season was just going to be like a two week, like bubble season, that, that like was a huge curveball. Yeah. It was just like, we were just practicing like every, all the time, like every week and no games on the weekend. It was just weird. And then to come into this bubble um, and then only play two games and it got shut down was an, it's unfortunate, but I'm glad that they're able to finish the, or figure out a way to finish the tournament. And I'm really excited to go to Boston and play on NBC. Yeah, man. I, I was, I was crushed when I found out that the season got canceled because of just what COVID did to the teams, because I was just so excited to finally see, I mean, women's hockey has been on TV before in the Olympics and there's, there's been other ways to watch women's hockey on television for sure. But to get it onto a major network here in the States, like NBCSN was going to do a lot. I, I remember reading some quotes from the NWHL's president about just the impact even one game can have on growing the sport. Um, and so to hear that the season's back on just filled me with so much excitement uh, just because of the impact it's going to be making. Um, what do you think it's going to be like getting back? Do you, do you, do you agree with me and my excitement that this is, this is a positive thing and it's really moving women's hockey in the right direction? Oh, I 100% agree. I'm, I'm so glad that they were able to figure out a way to, you know, continue the season and still be able to get the game on NBC mm. because like we were going to be the first professional team aired on like live national TV. That's never been a thing. Like of course the Olympics have, but as far as like a professional women's league, it's never been on TV before. Um, however, if you follow along with the PWHPA, that's another professional league. They were actually just on NBC um, or the NHL network. So they were on um, TV so that, I mean, that's good for them. Cause I just want to see women's hockey growing in general. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited that they were able to, you know, get that deal again with NBC. And I, I'm super thrilled that the, I don't even know if it's hit me yet. Like I'm going to be on like national TV playing hockey where anyone in the United States can watch it and just flip through the channels and see me on there. So. I mean, have, have you thought about your warm up yet? Like from the, the red line to the blue line and then the flows flipped back or do your names introduced and all that stuff? Oh yeah, no, I haven't left <laughs> any of that yet. It doesn't I, hit you until you get there. And you what see a dream. I must, I'm so excited for you. I mean, growing up wanting to be a pro hockey player myself, like this, you're in the show now. I mean, like this is, this is so cool. Uh, I'm so excited for you. Uh, have, have you been able to chat with most of your teammates about this too? Is, is the feeling pretty mutual around the locker room or virtual locker room right now? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're able to be in the lo uh, locker rooms together, which is nice. Um, but yeah, everyone thinks that, I mean, this is like a huge step for women's hockey and, you know, especially during COVID, it's it, like, you know, everyone's been itching to see like, any type of sports being played right now. So like, this is a great opportunity for women's hockey. It's great that we're being on TV, like more awareness and stuff. I know like even the pro soccer league, the NWSL, they saw like so a huge spike in, you know, viewers and 
people watching just because of this COVID. So it's actually like a good thing for us. And I, I'm, it's a huge step in the right direction. And I think it's only going to grow from here. Like you said, in 2015, that's like when the league was created. So it's only like the sixth season now. Um, but we already added another team this year. And now with, I think we're going to get more viewers and more sponsorships. Like we just got Discover. That's our new biggest sponsor. Um, mm. Doug and, Dunkin' Donuts is still a big one too. But I mean, we're getting more sponsorships. So more money's getting involved. And I just think it's only going to go up from here, which is like <laughs> exciting. Agreed. I, I When Discover got involved, I was super stoked because I know that they're the official credit card of the NHL. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, okay, there's people at that company that are like super in tune with hockey. And like, it's great to tap into those sponsorships, but it's also like a gateway now. It's like, wait a minute. So you have an established model for sponsorships between the NWHL and the NHL learn let me learn from you and i hope other companies start getting involved to that effect like i'm sure you wouldn't turn away a bottle of new amsterdam vodka if it became the official (laughs) vodka of the nwhl too right (laughs) i'm waiting for truly's to sponsor us too because i know truly sponsors the nhl so that would be awesome that'd be be really nice (laughs) and i think jagermeister is the official um whatever i always thought that was a missed opportunity not getting yager involved but i found out yager doesn't really drink so that would have been oh, weird well, so <laughs> yeah i guess so. but i'm sure you jump at the sponsorship opportunity if given it you know oh um, yeah <laughs> anything, honestly <laughs> and i mean there's players on your team that have played for players uh teams like the boston pride they've played overseas as well in Europe and, mm-hmm. and done that has, has that ever been a thing on your radar? Are you kind of learning from your teammates, just like where you can become and make a living out of being a professional hockey player? Or are you hearing from around the locker room as a, as a rookie yourself? Like, yeah, we're, we're getting there, but it, it's still not fully your, your full-time job yet or what are the um, thoughts there? It's, it's definitely not a full-time job yet, unfortunately. But I I have thought about going overseas. Uh, I thought about it this year, actually, but just with COVID and, you know, the unknown, I decided it wasn't a good idea. I know a team in Italy was talking to me, like, way in the beginning when COVID first hit, and that's when Italy was the worst, right? So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm not going to go there. So... Yeah, I didn't go there. I'm still thinking about it for next season. Um, I know my roommate's uh, looking to go to Sweden, and I think, like, that might not be a bad idea. As long as I go with someone, that would make me feel more comfortable, you know? I don't want to go overseas by myself. But, you know, knowing her, that would be nice to go. And they get paid more over there, and, like, housing is paid for it and all that. So it's kind of nice. Um, and then I get to travel Europe on off weekends. I think it'd be a super, super cool opportunity. Um, but I don't know yet. I'm still thinking about it. Like, it, still now that the NWHL is growing too, like it's exciting to see what's going to happen next year. And I know they're trying to add another team in Canada for next season. So there's just so much like opportunity coming. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about it is maybe a couple of years ago, like Europe was kind of the only choice. And now it's like, now I got to see, I got to weigh my options, which I think also helps out the athlete. You know, you can have, more than one choice you're not feeling like this is the only offer on the table um and 
I've talked to some other hockey players like Hannah Westbrook before, who was like, yeah, just be careful when they tell you like transportation's included, like what that means, because they basically gave me a bike, which was kind of hard to use in the winter. <laughs> yeah, I, so. did, I have heard of that actually. <laughs> um, but back to your comment earlier too, about how, you know, the PH PWA, the professional wait, I said that wrong. The professional women's hockey's players association, um, has already showcased the game on TV and I'm seeing news come out about how clubs like the Blackhawks are becoming an affiliated club. Same with the Rangers. Um, I, Toronto, exactly. So this is all very positive, exciting news. Um, and I'm glad your opinion is like, Hey, as long as women's hockey is being showcased, like that's a, that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of curious in, in your opinion, like, do you like what the professional women's hockey hockey players association is kind of doing right now with like trying to, you know, hold out for a, a, a more established league or, or are you like, it's, it's just an awkward question because I know that like some of those players aren't joining your league strictly because they want a better league than the NWHL, but also the NWHL is a league and it's providing a, a, a resource for people to play hockey, but maybe it's just not where you want it to be. So, you know, within reason and what, whatever you can say, we are on the air. I'm, I am just curious, like your general feelings about this situation right now. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a tough question for sure. There's a lot behind it and stuff, but for the most part, like I agree, like in them taking the stance of trying to get more for women's hockey and like, you know, better rights and stuff. And like the NWHL is trying to do that and they are, are getting closer, you know, each year it's getting better and better. And honestly with, um, I don't know if you saw the news, Danny Ryland has resigned. Um, So she is no longer a part of the staff. And I I didn't hear that. That that happened a couple days ago. That's some big news. And I think, um, although it was great what she did, she started this league and that was phenomenal. I think something with that, there was some roadblocks, I think with her stepping down and being um, not, not a part of the staff anymore. I think that's uh, a huge positive. It's a positive thing for us. Um, I think uh, there's like next year is going to be even better, but with the PWHPA, it's why I never joined that. Um, it's actually my, so my roommate played in it last year and it's, it's tough because you have to get like invited to play those games. So mm. it's like anyone can kind of like be a part of the PWHPA. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to play. Um, mm. So they don't, they don't practice a lot. It's kind of like, if you can make the practices, you make them. And as far as like the payment, they don't get paid like we do. I'm sure like, I know they're getting sponsorships now and maybe they're getting some stuff from there, but like, they don't have an actual like salary like we do. And I mean, a lot, majority of those people are like Olympians, like they're the top (laughs) athletes. So for me, like, it's like, I'm going to work my butt off to play against, you know, with Kendall Coyne and Hillary Knight, which totally so cool. It'd be awesome to play with them, but so like, a, I have a chance of not even getting invited to the camp to play these in these like dream gap tours they call them and play in those games. It's kind of like, well, what's the point of that? Why am I gonna? And not, and I'm not making money. I'm not making a salary doing it. So it's just kind of like, what's the point of that? That's my thought on it. Um, I just wish there's a way we can join together. Um, 
like I understand why they're upset with the league and stuff but like we're getting better like we're trying and we're taking steps in the right direction so I, I hope that soon we can just come together and work together and like if they joined this league think about how many more teams we could have and this it could just be way bigger and hopefully one day it gets there I agree I I, I if I can make it uh another comparison it's are you familiar with the hockey diversity alliance um can you explain more yeah the hockey diversity alliance was a a coalition established mainly by nhl players uh to try to combat that there wasn't enough being done by the nhl to combat things like racism but just in general like the 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 idea of diversity and inclusion in the sport Mm -hmm. and it was founded by members like evander kane and um it has done one and and matt dumba and and there's there's a long list of players and another kind of advisory board member is uh rico phillips who is a past willie o'ree nhl award winner and the director of cultural diversity and inclusion for the ontario hockey league um the 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 reason i bring this up is because that's an organization that totally deserves to exist and it it runs independently from the nhl but at its beginning they were connected they were affiliated together but they weren't seeing enough being done out of the nhl to feel like they felt comfortable keeping their partnership so they are no longer affiliated, but they're still an organization because they're still trying to do the right thing. And I love that the professional women's hockey players association, it's really a players association. So yes, they're not getting paid. You kind of practice in rinks that are established. And some of these players, like you're saying, are just very, very good that they're, they're able to hold out for something maybe a little bit more substantial, and I, I agree with their their stance for a better league, but I'm also incredibly encouraged by what the NWHL has done year after year after year. And I think like they're doing a really good job. So I would like to, to your point of like coming together, I would really like to see something out of the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association become like the Players Association for the NWHL. And then be like this awesome league full of talented people. And I respect that what they're trying to do about getting like better pay or better rights. And for the players, like that's what a players association does. Um, And I, I just think that if the NWHL continues on the track record that they're on, the professional women's hockey players association is going to be like, yeah, this is in the direction we want the things that we want and we want to, you know, get together again. I think that would be amazing. Oh, I, yeah, I do too. And I like, I'm not trying to talk trash about the PWHPA. I know you're not for sure. I just, I personally, and like, and I don't know all the bat, like the whole backstory and I don't know what's going on in the background with the league. And like I said, I really think, Danny Ryland, my head of a, she had something to do with it. Um, I think because she was like the creator and the commissioner, you know, mm. for the five years. So, I, with her being gone, I think maybe that's going to help. Mm. Um, that's what I've heard through the grapevine. So we'll see. But I just, yeah, I just don't understand. Like, and these games like don't really mean anything either. You play like maybe four games. Like they just get together for like four little like showcases. 
Um, I mean, that's what they've done in the past. And it's like, for one, like I said, you have to get invited to it. So who knows if I would even get invited. And then it's like the games don't necessarily like mean anything. Like it's not like where I'm in a league, they're not. So it's like, what, what am I playing for? I don't know. I just, I don't understand. I just don't get it. Um, so yeah, I'd rather get paid and get a salary and that's why I'm here. So, and I, like I said, it's getting better and better every year and I hope they give us a chance and things go in the right direction. And I mean, like Toronto six expansion team also in the semifinals. Yeah. Like it can happen. Like I know a lot of the players on that team came from the um, players association too. And it's, it's just interesting. Like I really do believe that like, you know, how the Vegas golden Knights were an expansion team that went to the cup finals. You know, you have this expansion team that's going to the semifinals right now. It's like, guys, there's talent out there. Like if we, if we add teams and we fill it with players, like those, those teams do well, like we're going to compete. So I'm super encouraged too. I mean, is there, can, can you take a step back for us if you don't mind and kind of try to help explain to maybe some of our women listeners out there that are like looking to go pro in hockey, like any advice or tips on how to go about promoting yourself or raising awareness over yourself or what that process is like being scouted or asked to come play for a a team or something like that? Yeah. I think um, making a highlight video would be like the biggest thing I would say. That's what I had done. And it helped me a lot. Um, so I think my last year I transferred to uh, D3. I went all over the place, mm-hmm. but I went to three different colleges. You only transferred D1 and D1 one time. So my third school mm-hmm. had to be D3. And I think um, like just playing D3, I probably didn't get uh, as many looks from the coaches here. Um, not saying D3 is bad or anything, but you know they're going to pick the D1 people first. And so I think um, once I made that highlight video, I got and sent those out to the coaches because you can email coaches. I got like a ton of responses back. I had a ton of interest. And so then I was able to kind of choose which team I wanted to go to. Um, so yeah, I just recommend making a highlight video, uh, emailing the coaches and, you know, see if they're interested and go from there. That's, that's sweet. And I know that there's some organizations out there that are trying to help, um, with the scouting for women in hockey too. So I'm glad to see that that's growing as well. Um, did you ever need to involve an agent for yourself or have you felt pretty comfortable handling things yourselves or within your family or? Yeah, I've, I've felt pretty comfortable handling it uh, with myself and the family. I don't think anyone really has agents uh, here in this league yet. It's not big enough yet, but maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you need to get those signing bonuses with like some, I don't know, some cool stuff attached to it and stuff too. But you know, I, I, I just think it's really exciting for anyone to sign that pro contract, no matter the dollar amount, of course it matters, but mm-hmm. just it's, it's validation as well. And I think that's something that overall the NWHL is providing is like, you are good enough to be a pro hockey player, like mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and so I know you haven't been able to be in the NWHL too long, but you're getting back into it, but you know, what's, what's been the experience transitioning from 
you know, D3 college to pro level? So the biggest thing for me, um, especially in my last year playing at that D3 level, which um, I did play D1 the first three years. So mm-hmm. I have, and I've played against the Wisconsin's and Minnesota's. So I've played at like the high level division one game. So I know what that's like, but having played D3 my last season, the pace is slower and the game's a little bit slower. Um, not as much skill and talent there. So I was kind of maybe used to that. So going to that first game, um, <laughs> it was definitely, you know, I just got kind of thrown into it and we didn't have any games. So we just were practicing. Right. So um it was just, it was like, all right, go in the fire. Like, you know, I was starting, I started both games that I played in and it was like a lot faster. And the biggest thing for me is that, you know, you don't have as much, you know, time and space. So like Mm -hmm. really figure out what you're going to do with the puck before you get it. Um, So that's the biggest thing that I noticed is not having as much time and space with the puck and being able to kind of dominate like, like I was used to in the past, being able to just kind of carry the puck and dominate. So I realized quick that that's not going to happen here, which is okay. Uh, I just kind of learned that quick. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of nice that we had this like break. Cause now I've had a chance to meet for me personally to work on that. And I've had a month now to just really work on that and looking up to see where my options are, are and, you know, make plays quicker. Um, so it's kind of nice. I got like a little taste of it and now I'm ready mm. to come back and, you know, be even better. That's awesome. I love that competitive spirit in you right now. And that, I mean, Nicole's no slouch. She's basically been the leading scorer on all the teams that she's played on. So we're talking about someone who's getting used to the league right now, but it'll probably be taking over in a couple of years. <laughs> um, it's, it's awesome just to see your journey through, you know, the different teams you've been on and the impact you've made there. Um, I'm kind of interested too in your coach because I know that coaches can be a really big positive impact on you as well. And we're talking about growing the game and breaking down barriers. And your coach was an enforcer in the NHL and, you know, now is showing like, yeah, well, enforcers aren't just people that beat people up. Like we know the game as well. And so what's it like learning from your coach and what's, what's that experience been like for you? Honestly, so far it's been like amazing. I honestly think he's the best coach I've ever had throughout my entire career. And I've only known him for like a couple months and I've only had a few practices and that's pretty cool. Colton or right. Colton or yes. Yeah. Yes. I absolutely love him. Like you, you know, you think he'd be this really big, intimidating guy since he was such a huge enforcer in the NHL, but he's actually such a, such a nice guy and so kind-hearted and really caring. He really, like, really cares a lot about us and he wants us, you know, to get better. So, yeah, he's just, he just cares so much about us and it's so nice having him as a coach because, you know, he can help you in any way and I don't feel like, you know, in the past, I've had coaches that are pretty like intimidating and scary and like you're afraid to ask questions, but not him. I can ask him anything and he would be willing to help and go over video, do anything you want and he'll do it for you. So it's been nice being with him and just knowing how much he cares about us. And even throughout the tournament when, you know, COVID came in and our players were dropping down like flies one by one each day, like he had our backs that whole time during that whole process. And was cared about our safety first and just, I don't know, he's just a great guy. So I'm so glad 
have him as a coach then yeah yeah and i mean we did you feel like the whole season was uh, like we heard rumors that maybe the reason why the season got put on hold was a little bit because like you went into a bubble but then there was the ability to add extra players and those extra players came in with out needing to quarantine and that might have been the reason why you know the season got shut down because it just you know screwed things up is there any insight there into the situation as to why you think it stopped um yeah i'm not sure how much i'm allowed to say um but i guess i could say i i definitely it wasn't the people who came in which uh there was rules and set beforehand like okay and we weren't allowed to um, add anybody in. That was not part of the plan. Gotcha. Um, but once teams were losing so many players, like we wouldn't have been able to play our game because we had so many people that had COVID. I was the first one to test positive, unfortunately. So I only, uh. I only got two games in and I was out. Um, but yeah, we wouldn't have had enough people. And I think they kind of just wanted to continue, mm. you know, and trying to get to those NBC games. So they were trying to do anything they could. So they they brought people in. And yeah, I, they tested when they got here, but yeah, they didn't have to quarantine. So I don't, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say on that topic, but it's okay. I, I think what I was getting at is like, this is, this is the awkwardness back to even the players association where like, there's definitely this incentive to move towards getting those games on NBCSN to grow the sport. And I can see how people could say the ends justify the means. Like as, as long as we can get to those games, it'll be a bigger impact for our sport than any fallout of what could happen from COVID. Like it, I can buy that argument, even though I don't agree with it, um, because I, I believe health and safety is number one. But I can see how that pressure is there right now, because even at the NHL level during COVID, the NHL had to take out a $1 billion loan to make this season happen. So I can see how, and, and we're talking about an established league with a television deal. So I can see how the NWHL is trying to do what they can and also maybe even answer to a lot of the sponsorships prior to the season starting that they had. Like it's a, it's a financial thing that gets in the way of uh personal yeah. health and safety which is awkward yeah um, I, yeah i yeah i i think yeah they could have done a better better job with the whole situation um it, it was kind of obvious that it was pretty unsafe to play at this point and that's why i said like before colton was like on our side the whole time which is kind of why you know when it, we forfeited that game and um you know that was the reason why we didn't feel it was safe to play that game uh, it clearly wasn't, you know, we had mm. the next day it came back, we had like mm, eight, nine more people that tested positive. So it was pretty obvious it wasn't safe to play that game. And we, I know we made the right call on backing out and um, yeah, we were kind of out of the tournament once we forfeited that game. So, uh, but we thought, you know, the safety's first, especially with COVID, it's not just like some flu and right. you know, there's still so many uncertainties and COVID's like a serious thing. And I understand, you know, that NBC was important to get to and, you know, the sponsorships, I totally get all, all that. And you want to get the league, you want to keep going. And uh, I just think safety came first. And that's why our team, you know, we decided safety was first. And then, of course, it got shut down after that. So, um, yeah.
I'm just glad that they figured it out and that we're still in the tournament that we're back in. So. Yeah. Yeah. You guys glad are... they didn't just kick us out. Oh, totally. And I mean, I love how, uh, the Connecticut whale as a franchise have been to the semifinals, like every, every year, you know, except for one. So they're doing something right. And I, I bet it feels great to be a part of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we can win it this year. Oh my gosh. Time. Dude, First time Connecticut wins. Oh, it'd be so exciting. Oh, I, I mean, I'm wearing a Whalers jersey. I know Connecticut needs something to be excited about from hockey wise. But yeah, obviously, I'm a big fan of the Connecticut Whale now after talking to you and want to see, even though I'm from Toronto, uh, I got to I got to cheer for who I know. And we we've yes. got some Chicago pride, too. So that's a good yeah. enough reason for me. Um but, you know, we've got a couple minutes here left. Uh, I always want to make sure that despite what I might be interested in um, from you, I'm sure there's stuff that you've got that are, is very interesting to you that maybe you'd like to tell us about in your life related to hockey or, or other things. Um, because this is, a, is an opportunity to, you know, tell our listeners um, what you're about uh what you'd like to see from hockey or just what you'd like to see it you know personally out of your life right now so the mic is yours i'm i'm just kind of curious if there's any anything you'd like to say on um women's hockey or 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 to yourself just personally yeah so like for one i'm just glad that women's hockey is continuing to grow and grow each mm-hmm. year and like i said now that we've got an on tv this year that's like, you know, huge, huge step in the right direction. And just in general, right now in society, like women in general are being more like they're, Mm. you know, empowered and we're just growing like more women's sports is becoming more of a thing. And especially hockey, it's just a great opportunity. And I think, you know, in my career, I don't think it's going to get to where I hope it gets one day, but I think in the future, you know, this could really be like, something big and it's exciting to see the little girls that like that I coach and even today like I I was skating I was doing a private lesson with like one of the skills coaches for the Rangers actually and I there was a five-year-old girl out there and you know she was just so happy to see me and she's like I watched the whale and Hmm. it's so cool to have like little you know girls like looking up to you and realizing that like you're their role model and um like, you know, we're, we're playing the game for them right now, because you know, like I said, we're not making a living off of this. We're not making a whole lot of money, but like we're doing it for them so that one day, you know, they, they can make a living out of this and, you know, realizing that there is something for them. Cause when I grew up, like I, I started playing boys hockey for like the first six, seven years of my career, like there was no mm-hmm. women's hockey, you know? So it's, it's cool to see that there's so many more girls teams now, like, you know, you don't have to play men with the guys anymore. And it's, it's so cool to see it growing. And I, and I hope that just one day those girls can make a living out of it. And for me too, personally, if I'm not playing, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play, but um, I, I want to stick around and be able to help those girls. So I really, really enjoy coaching and I plan on making my own company and you know just like a skills development coach and helping girls like get to that next level and you know get to play division one hockey and go on and play pro so if I can be a part of that and help them like that would be super super cool so that's that's kind of my plan and what I want to do with my life in hockey like I I 
just love the game and I want to stay involved as long as I can. So. Wow. That's great, Nicole. I mean, sounds like you're on that path right now. I've been really impressed talking to you. I know that we didn't have a lot of time today, but it just goes to show that there's a lot of work to be done, but also a lot to celebrate. And I think both those things are really great. I love to keep in touch and just see how um, your advocacy goes. I know that it's hard once you're in the game to ever feel like you are completely going to be not in the game the rest of your life. I I know that's what it's like for me. Um, And I can tell you from trying to figure out my voice or influence or way about this, the hockey community is pretty welcoming. I think that there's a lot of inclusivity in it, but I am very, very, very encouraged to see that more even NHL clubs are hiring women into important positions to help um, with this effort that you're speaking about. And um, I'm also just very encouraged by the just growing amount of staff involved with power skating and skills development that are popping up all over the country as a result of you playing hockey as a result of the earliest people playing hockey. So your legacy will be felt. I'm, I'm definitely confident about that. And I'm super excited to see what it is. Cause it sounds like uh, it's going to be pretty great. So yeah, I'm excited too. I hope so. <laughs> well, Thank you. I mean, so much for coming on. Um, why don't you tell our listeners how we can watch you on TV for your pro debut? Oh, well, you can tune in on NBC Sports Network. Um, it's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 7 p.m. Central. And then I think it's what, 6 p.m. your time, Mountain Time? Yeah. Right? And, yes. yeah. and that's on March 26th and 27th. Yeah, that, sorry, Is that right? yeah, that's- Next Friday is a semifinal game. Um, and then they play, the two teams play right before us. Um, so if you want to catch that game too, but definitely tune in for our game against Minnesota. And then hopefully we make it to the final game Saturday. Um, I believe it's also, I believe it's at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. So, well, yeah, tune, in. tune those DVRs now and I'll, I'll be cheering and um, just... Thank you from your club and pod and from our podcast. I really appreciate um, you making some time and helping us out and um, go well, you know, can't wait. Go well. Hopefully I can come back on here after we won and we could talk about that. That'd be super yeah. Cool. Wouldn't that be super cool? Get Wes on here. Make oh make yeah, it. definitely get Wes on here. <laughs> awesome. Well, Nicole, um, good luck with your videotape scouting session. I hope it proves valuable. You find out, yeah, lower blocker sides the weak spot on your upcoming game or whatever, and um, we'll be cheering for you. So thanks so much and good luck. Yep. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, I like your jersey. I just noticed that. Look at that. Thank you. I mean, I, cool. I wasn't sure if I should try wearing this one or, you know, from the, the whale logo, it looks like the, the, Pucky the whale smiling has like a hockey stick there. Yeah. And it totally reminds me of like the old Canucks 
logo with the stick and rink type oh, yeah, situation yeah, yeah. too. I know exactly. Yeah, it actually is a stick. Yeah, yeah. nice. I, yeah. I I love what's coming out of Connecticut logo wise. Like this Hartford Whalers one is probably uh, my favorite one of that they've ever made. The negative space is awesome. Yeah, uh, I, that's cool. I liked when they just wore the retros. Actually, oh yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. 